0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the Steeler's Hangover. This is a party like it's 1979 hangover. It's a good hangover. Wait a second. Did I say 79? Was I supposed to say 1999 because of the Prince song from 1983? Or Tony Defio was I supposed to say party like it's 1978? Wait, I can't even say 1978 because in 1978, the Pittsburgh Steelers were not... What record are they, Tony Duffio, from behind the Silk Curtain?
1: They are 8-0 for the first time ever. Not even not even our great-grandfathers could say that they saw that. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy Stewart.
0: It, it, yeah, I think Jimmy Stewart was a Steelers fan, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He was from Indiana, PA. I got to tell you that. I, I'm sure he was. But so, you know, I'm pretty excited about the whole thing, Tony. And it's one of those things that we've never seen before. Now, before you get into anything, I know we have some big breaking news. We're going to get into that. I promise you we are going to talk about the COVID test, but let's get back to what we're talking about. You don't have to love the way the Steelers played for most of that game, Tony, but you do. You got to love (laughs) 8-0.
1: yeah yeah I mean uh we, we knew this would be a, a tough stretch for them three games on the road and then and, and of course the injuries on defense kept piling up after devin Bush uh Mike Hilton and Tyson Alualu, so I guess it's it's uh, great that they got out of that with a, uh, with uh it could have been a lot worse they could have they could have lost yesterday so uh every now and then you're gonna have an, an ugly one and, and, and it's better to, to learn why you win than learn why you lose that that
0: is the truth and we're really excited. We are going to talk about that because but look. I know I'm wearing the scrubs. This is because of my other job. No, I am not Dr. Bad. I'm not a doctor. I am not doing this because of the Steeler positive COVID test. And I know you're all aching to hear about that. It just came out over Twitter just a little bit ago. And so we're going to let you know that Vance McDonald has been placed on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Are the reports that we are getting right now from Twitter, Ray Apaldo came out with it, uh, pretty big name in Steelers reporting. So I've got to say that uh, if Ray's going to put his name behind it, that it's probably right on, right, Tony?
1: Absolutely. Those guys are, are as much as we like to make fun of some of those guys, or when when they report something, it's it's usually spot on.
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. So it's Vance on the list. He played in yesterday's game, had a catch, and but here's the thing: he was ill in practice the other day. So, but the, the test didn't come up until today. He, he was not feeling well on Friday and now they're coming up with a test. So we'll just have to see what happens with that.
1: Yeah. It's uh, I mean, that's a pretty high profile player. A guy that's, that's in obviously in, on a lot of plays. So, you know, it just depends on, uh, on, on if, if anybody
0: else got it and, and how many at this point. Yeah. You know what? I mean, we will just uh, track it and see it, and there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, a lot of information to come out on this. Uh, you know, hey, we could speculate all we want right now. All we know is that this news came out in what half an hour ago. And Tony, Tony, look at Tony with the uh, the breaking news guy because he's the guy who broke the news to all of us at B- uh, BTSC. he saw it first, so. I
1: was the first on the scene as I was arguing with people on Twitter about other stuff. I, I, I came across my feed and I, and, and, and I, I you know, became a, prof- a professional for like two seconds.
0: <laughs> so um, Wes asked, why do they do that crap? If he wasn't feeling well, sit him out, take the over precaution immediately. You know, if he doesn't have a fever at the time, you don't, I mean, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know what was in it, but I will tell you this. It seems like the entire time that the guy with the pulse on COVID has been Mike Tomlin. So he doesn't take these things very lightly. In fact, uh, he has been lauded for the way he has handled COVID the entire time. You also got to understand this. We are now in cold and flu season. It's, I mean, it's starting and you know, I'm in a sales job where I go to doctor's offices every single day. I am, of course, completely uh, fitted with everything so that I don't get it. But with all the doorknobs that I touch, with all the doorknobs that uh, everybody touches, with more kids going back to school, you know, this is going to be very interesting as far as what's going to be happening going forward, Tony. But I know one thing that I know that we have not seen a Tennessee Titans situation since that happened way back before week four and now we're getting ready to go into week 10. So it seems that a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of teams have figured out how to, uh, find one, one situation and, and, uh, keep it, keep it away from everybody else. Look at what we thought just a week ago with the Ravens. We really thought that this was going to be an epidemic on the Raven, Ravens, Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey gets it. And, uh, they put a few guys on the list because they were known associates. So don't be surprised if you see Ebron and Ben or whatever next couple of days on the list as they're watching them and testing them because they're around him a lot. So that, yeah. that, that could be an opportunity, but I don't think that you might, you'll be in a situation where you're going to lose a bunch of guys because they're going to take this very seriously.
1: Right. And, 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 you know, we've seen since the Titans uh, incident, that seemed to be never ending. We've seen at least weekly one or two teams, you know, report players that, that either had to go into the protocol or or test a positive. It's just, as you said, it's, 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 it's a virus. It's, it's, we're heading into cold and flu season and, and and to expect uh, players to be any different than, than everybody else when it comes to, comes to this. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm hesitant to, to, you know, ever uh, criticize, anybody for getting sick. I mean, I was critical of the, of the Titans because they were neglig- negligent and openly negligent. But every, you know, as far as uh, the football players, unless they're in a bubble, which they can't be uh, somebody was going to eventually, I'm talking about the Steelers. Somebody was eventually probably more than likely going to, going to test positive for this. So it's just, it's just, it's just the reality of 2020. <laughs>
0: so I'm looking at the live chat uh, prayers go out to Brad and his family uh, hope everybody's feeling better soon um, you know all of our uh, BTSC family out there in the live chat we do really appreciate you we love you out there so thank you all very much uh, for coming in and supporting us as well a lot of hate for Tony Romo out there Tony Defeo people I think people hate Tony Romo more than they hate Chris Collinsworth and by the way I love Chris Collinsworth he's my guy and I have always said that but Tony Romo is kind of grating. Well, I mean, it was just a
1: matter of time for uh, 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 color analysts. Analysts are a lot like offensive coordinators. It's just a matter of time before people ha- hate them. I mean, Tony Romo was was so uh, so popular and refreshing in, back in 2017. But but it's just a matter of time uh, before those guys start to grade on on the uh, on fans because they're they're neutral. So when you're neutral, it's almost it, it almost seems like you're they're rooting for the other team. That's, that's you. That's always been my opinion anyway.
0: So Patty man says he doesn't drink Corona anymore because of Romo. That's <laughs> great. And so now, Hey, you just uh, associate Corona with Romo, I guess. Uh, there you go. Um, Ezra says, no one will ever be John Madden. For me, no one will ever be the great Al Michaels. That's my guy. A lot of people don't like Collinsworth. I, I get it. I, I really enjoy him. I think. I think when- he's, i think it's fantastic yeah when you put al and collinsworth together that's that's a five-star matchup for me i i really love those guys but hey for each their own i i get it
1: well i mean you know it's a big package for nbc collinsworth and and, and look at how much money they paid roma they're not going to do that if they think these guys are are uh are horrible at their at their jobs i think they're both very good at their jobs especially uh uh Romo and Collins were. Really, I think they're they're top notch. And and Romo, I don't know how long he's gonna going to be, keep being able to do the uh, diagnosing plays beforehand. But while he while he does it, I think we we you know just, uh, enjoy it because uh, it, it doesn't take long before before the uh, the game changes and and these players these older players are out of touch with
0: the current league. So you know one thing I like about Tony Romo, he's not Phil Sims, the guy he replaced. And I was a big. <laughs> sims uh oh, i just didn't like him but you know that's that's how everybody is with announcers um somebody out there uh vic venom laflair says he hates jim nance which uh which surprises me because i don't hear a lot of people but hey that is that's a valid opinion if you don't like any of these guys just right. like i like collinsworth if you don't like any of these guys that's that's what you like i mean there's food out there that i don't like there's right. different things that i don't like um I don't like sushi. I uh, there's some things, that, and then there's people that just absolutely crave it. So there you go. But let's get back to the new, the the true news, and the true news is not a play with COVID. They will get that taken care of. We can speculate. We could point fingers already. Just like we're speculating and pointing fingers that a team that's eight and zero that had a bad day at the office and still got their job done, right. we're speculating that it's doomsday now. And it's fitting because they used to call Dallas the doomsday defense. But this is what I've been thinking about ever since the end of that game. First of all, I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled that they won that game in that fashion. Um, I didn't want them to have to win you know, by losing, what, 56-some minutes and then right. finally taking the lead. But Dallas was really up for that game. I'm not saying Pittsburgh wasn't up for that game, but all week, all you heard was Dallas is going to get killed. Even Dallas supporters. We had uh, the fantastic uh, AJ from Blogging the Boys from SB Nation. Right. Um, AJ is incredible. And uh, we've had a few other people from Dallas, and we've been on different shows, and they were saying that you know nobody believes in this team. And so this team that nobody believed in with well, a 4 screen quarterback said, hey, we'll show you. Who does that remind you of, Tony? Reminds you of the
1: uh, 2019 Steelers and look at the fits that they gave some teams last year The 49ers. They should have won that game. The Ravens and last October. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to make too many excuses for them because I mean, you know, uh, but I think you have to you have to excu- re- re- because of the fact that the, the Cowboys were up for that game and, and they won. They're they're trying to win their division, so they're still alive for their division and the Steelers were missing a few key pieces on defense. I don't think that's, I don't think we can ignore that.
0: Who was most glaring to you, Tony, because I'm looking at this and I realized how much they miss Mike Hilton. And I realized how much they miss Tyson Alulu. And there's other guys you can look at that, how much they miss. They, they even missed Devin Bush in that game. They, they missed, they missed those guys that weren't in there. Not saying that, that uh the guys that played for them, um, didn't do well. Um, Mondo had had some uh, fits of brilliance. Bugs had some fits of brilliance a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, Spillane, we've seen what Spillane has done. The next man up has been working. Of course, you want those regular guys. But my question to you is, Tony, who are you looking at here and saying, "Man, we really need them"?
1: I think it's pretty obvious, in my opinion, that it's Alou Alou because uh, he he went down at the beginning of the Ravens game, and up until the Ravens game, they were spectacular with stopping the run even even the Titans they would they they uh, limited Henry to what 78 yards or 81 yards whatever it was and now and now all of a sudden the last two games so they're uh they've been gashed for about 400 yards collectively combined so I think it's him but I mean it, it's a collection I mean I think you know you lose Bush, you, you say okay they can get they can get by without him because they have a lot of playmakers around him and you know they, they can help out Spillane and, and, and Vince Williams and they have all the you know of course the diamond nickel packages but then now you lose a Alou and you lose Mike Hilton. I mean, that's three main guys, that three main contributors from, from your uh, defense that you lose back-to-back-to-back, to back to back and you can, only, you can only plug so many holes. But I think right now they really need to get a Lu back, and, and not, not to rush him back if he's not healthy, but the sooner he gets back, the better as far as I'm concerned.
0: So there's a lot of questions out there. One of the questions is probably the scariest thing that happened yesterday when Ben had his knee bent back. And as of right now, have not seen any news on Ben's knee. It looks like that uh, I would be surprised if he was out. Because I, I thought as that game wore on, that he started to look more fine. Um, you know, when that first happened, he still led them on a touchdown drive. And, and actually, he looked he looked pretty good. Yeah. He was favoring at first, but then you see his arm looks stronger. Right. It's it's just like, I mean, you know, I know the knees going to affect the arm a little bit because of planting and, you know, a lot of stuff. And I understand that. But Ben was just a warrior out there. So, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Is it just something that uh, the man's going to be sore or something that uh, might come out of nowhere when Mike Tomlin's doing his report tomorrow?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's, it's anything that, that it's going to be lingering because, you know, you, you saw four years ago when he, when he had that meniscus tear, I, I did, he came back in the game, but he really wasn't that effective. Um, but yesterday he seemed, he seemed fine after, after he, he went into the locker room. And, 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 as you said, he seemed fine. As soon as he, as soon as he, uh, got up uh, from the injury he, he looked, that's as good as he looked all of the first half. He looked determined, uh, to, to lead them to a touchdown, so I, I think he'll be fine. I think uh, if it was anything critical um, that, that's going to keep him out a few weeks, I think we would we would have heard that by now. Because he's such a high profile player that it's hard to keep those things secret from the uh, the big guys like Adam Schefter and Ian Rapoport and those kind of people.
0: Well, Thea says Ian Rappaport on Pat McAfee said that Ben was getting it checked out today, just to be safe. And uh we'll have to well, we can't have Jeff Hartman ask Ian Rappaport because apparently uh Ian Rappaport is like Justin Hartwig to you, to Jeff Hartman. I guess <laughs> I, I guess oh. something something happened where Ian Rappaport has blocked Jeff on Twitter, which oh, and I'm uh, jealous. Yeah, and Jeff's the coolest dude. He really is. And so that's Rappaport. a good block, though. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm impressed. That good is an impressive difficulty. block. Yeah. We need to have a contest to see who <laughs> who has the best block. Best so I can far. do is
1: John Steigerwald.
0: <laughs> <laughs> jo- yeah. You got blocked by John Steigerwald? Yeah, he was one of my, my
1: childhood uh, sports reporting idols. And then now all of a sudden we were arguing about something on Twitter. And next thing you know, I'm blocked, but he blocked half the city apparently. So I guess I can't be too proud.
0: I I'm not not a big fan of John, but um, there we go. DJ2YT only. Ben was pointing out to his pointing to his LCL. I can't remember many LCL injuries. Um, Michael Bailey says this. You know, I have no problem with this either. Dramatic Ben, and you know Ben is is that guy. You know, yeah. and that's cut. But he comes back out on the field and he does it. He is definitely does it. Anyone here blocked? By Big Ben 7, DJ2YT only is... Have you been blocked by Big Ben 7? That's no. The
1: question. no, no. Uh, in fact, a few years ago, I was uh, DMing with uh, the woman who runs the, uh, the his his account and trying to get her to tell me if he was coming back. Remember when he said he was going to retire? Or he was thinking about it, and she wouldn't give me the uh, the inside scoop. So I, I, was, I was trying to get the biggest inside scoop of my life, and it didn't work. But no, I've never been blocked by Ben. But apparently... I'm in a minority there, or
0: at least I was before you before you unblocked everybody. Dick Longwood says Ben wasn't being dramatic. You know, I you know I wasn't really calling him dramatic. Um, I was just reading one, but you know he has oh. had a propensity for being dr- dramatic in the past. Yeah, he was hurt. He was hurting. But the thing about Ben is he plays hurt. And Tony and I, we have this coming out today. The uh, on the retro show. And it's amazing what Ben did when in that uh, in that Cincinnati Wild card game, and that's right. the next one. So check it out on any place that you go ahead and download your favorite podcast. Check out that shows we recap that 2016 Wild Card game. Ben goes out, his shoulder is dragging down to the ground. He comes back in, and he still wills them to that win. Um, a hurt Ben is is still a good Ben. I will absolutely say that as well. Uh, Tony, I gotta tell you. Let's let's get off of the, you know, woe is us because we're eight and zero, but we didn't like the way we looked yesterday. Right. Let's look at some bright spots because I got to tell you, there are some huge bright spots on this team. And the first one I'm going to say is Juju Smith Schuster has become more like Heinz Ward than than anyone you could ever think of. He is your new Heinz Ward, and I'm starting to think that uh, you might want to find a way to keep this guy because he is the most unselfish franchise player that you could have. And Ben has the rapport with him. That that's true, but anybody could get a rapport with this guy because he works, works, and works. Heinz had rapport with a lot of different quarterbacks. He had a rapport with with Cordell. He had a rapport with. with Tommy Maddox. He even had a rapport with Kent Graham. (laughs) I mean, of course with Ben, he had a rapport. This guy is a worker. And I think Juju has really, really become that guy that you trust and know. And I think he's going to not just be a safety valve, but that go-to guy that when it's on the line, you go to Juju and now he has guys around him that makes it easier for you to go to Juju. Juju. Remember what we were saying all about Juju when he took over. Well, Antonio Brown was doing was uh, making it so Juju can get open. Juju's making it so other guys are getting open now too. But Juju is one of those guys that could have a fourteen hundred yard season. He doesn't need to have a fourteen hundred yard season because he's more concerned about this stat, the W, and right. that's that's it. Right. So what are your thoughts on Juju's performance? Because that was a brilliant performance yesterday.
1: Oh, it was. he was clutch, especially in the second half. And, 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 and the, the touchdown, the second effort on that touchdown, it was sort of like last week when he, uh, the second effort to get down to the one, I think, right before James Connors' touchdown against the, uh, was, was it the last week or the week before? Anyway, but he's been making a lot of those kind of second effort plays this year, driving for first downs, uh, bowling defensive backs over. And I think it's a, it's a, uh, a testament to the work he put in in the off season. You know, you saw him and James Conner, all off season uh, posing and, you know, a- after workouts and like, you know, we were, we, we marveled at how big and, and strong look, well, it's starting to pay off now. And I think uh, you're really see, starting to see that conditioning pay off for Juju as we near the halfway point of the season. We knew that they were gonna need him at some point that, you know, they were gonna, uh, guys like Chase Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson, they were gonna start uh, drawing attention And then when that happens, boom, now now your poison is Juju, and he's going to beat you
0: like he did on Sunday uh, to the Cowboys. You know what? This is not a show about fantasy football, but I'm going to bring up Andrew Wilbar. He says, fantasy question, live chat. I have a chance to get Deontay Johnson if I give up Tyler Boyd. Should I do it? First of all, Deontay Johnson had some nice plays yesterday, but he also had a play where it didn't work to him, but they brought Ray Ray in. For the very same play, and it worked. And that was huge down the stretch. He's asking about giving up Tyler Boyd of Cincinnati, who we were you going to see this week and a pit guy? You know what? Don't give up Tyler Boyd. I love Deontay and I love what he could do. If, it, if it's a keeper league, you might want to look at it, sure. But for the rest of the season, I've had Tyler Boyd. He's been money. So that's all I'm going to say. That's your uh, free fantasy advice. And pro- the last one I'm going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your free fantasy advice.
1: And, and Deontay Johnson, it might be his turn over the next two or three weeks to really shine. It's just that's the great thing about this receiving court. It, it's 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 so it's so deep. It's so
0: versatile, and it's a great thing right now. So back to the uh, the wide receiver, the wide receivers. They are still very good on this team. They had some drops yesterday, but Ben is finding them, he's spreading the ball around, and they are they are reliable for the most part. If they have the, a drop, they come back. We saw Ebron do it a couple weeks ago, had a huge drop, then get in the end zone. He's the guy I want to talk about, but before I do that, Mike O'Malley says, Juju does the dirty work. He gets the tough yards, love his play. I think we are falling back in love with Juju, and there you go. Absolutely. Um. Sean Manahan has a uh, super chat. Thank you for the 200 the $200. No, thank you for the $2. Brady plus Big Chest equals 38 to 3 loss. Yeah, Antonio Brown not very great in his debut. Uh, Ryan Shazier warned the Buccaneers the other day saying that, you know, that's not going to be a good that's not going to be a good go for you guys. And the the saints came in, the saints beat them earlier. So this was supposed to be retribution. This was supposed to be, you know, the coming out party of the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians. And Hey, it is all going to happen. And then boom. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with uh, the watering down of that team by bringing in Antonio Brown, or do you just think it was just a bad day at the office?
1: Well, I think, I think yesterday it was just a bad day at the office because uh, I think the saints are really good. And, and, you know, they have been a dominant team in that division for the most part for for a while now, and just because you you uh, pick up a, a lot of uh, star players it doesn't mean you're, you're all of a sudden going to dominate. I think we've seen we've seen that in the past in the NFL, uh, but I think you know Antonio Brown. I mean, uh, diva re- receivers eventually diva. We saw it with T.O. We saw what uh, a few a few other guys over there in recent years. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he, if he can get along with Tom Brady long term, but. But, you know, you have, he, has, he already had a lot of weapons there, and, and he already had a head coach and Bruce Arians who kind of said he didn't want him. So it's going to be interesting to see
0: how that all plays out. Absolutely. So, Tony, let's wrap up yesterday's game. What do you think was the key to them getting back into that game and cleaning it up? Because here's the thing, Tony, I, and I'm going to wrap up my thoughts with this. The Pittsburgh Steelers have finally become that team that they don't have to be fantastic for 57 minutes in the the game, but they know when to come back. And I I keep on saying it. uh, Let's put the women and children to bed, go looking for dinner. And that's what Ben Roethlisberger is rallying this team to do. I feel like this is a team that could, that knows how to get lucky now. And they're getting lucky and they're getting in situations where they can get out of all in the same three hour span in that entire game, they can get out of trouble and they know when it's time to say, all right, kidding around's now over. Let's do it. So am I right on there, Tony? Is this a team? Cause they couldn't do this in the entire decade. They really couldn't. Right. And they were snake bitten when stuff like that happened and could not regroup. I don't think anybody's regrouping better than Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers right now.
1: I absolutely agree. And I think that's that speaks to having uh, having playmakers on both sides of the ball. I mean, for for a while there, it was just the offense that was trying to carry the defense. And um, you know, I'm talking about in previous years. I, mean, I think yesterday, to me, the, the the thing that that the most important sequence of the game was after Ben got hurt and, and he led them down to the uh, touchdown. to James Washington and then uh, Mika Fitzpatrick ca- came up with the uh, well, I don't I don't know who stripped stripped C.D. Lamb of the ball, but Mika Fitzpatrick came up with that fumble there. Sutton. And, Sutton. Okay, it was Sutton and. And right, just like that, you're, if you're the Cowboys, you're up 13 nothing. You're starting to believe this. You know, this is a, a team that you were a 14 point underdog against, and all of a sudden, you go into the locker room after uh, Chris Boswell kicks that field goal, and you're down. You're, you're only up 13 to nine. So I think that was huge that they that they scored those uh, those uh, nine points there in, in, in the final two minutes of the first half. I think that was what what got Pittsburgh back in the game and, and uh,
0: ultimately uh, h- helped them uh, win it. So we're going to play stock up and stock stock down before we take a break here. And I want you to start getting your questions ready. When we come back after the break, we'll be talking. We'll be doing some Q&A. But who's who's keeping you up at night on this team? And who do you not need to worry about? So instead of stock up, stock down, let's say uh, no worries or (sighs) start pacing. So here we go. Are we going to start pacing over the running game and James Connor? Uh, I think yes. Okay. A little bit, a little bit. How about Cam Sutton and the defensive backs?
1: Yes, a little a little bit. Not, not, not much yet, a little bit. Because they, they're, they're playmakers, and I think that's the, the biggest – I think that's the most important part is to have playmakers on defense. Make it Fitzpatrick.
0: Not, no, I, I'm, I'm fine with him. I, I think Minka is is really coming into his own, and he's mm-hmm. starting to own that defense on the the other side. One more, the offensive line, and David DeCastro. I was gonna, I was gonna I was hoping you were say that
1: because yes, I think uh, that, that's part of the problem with the running game and James Conner. I think it's part of the problem. That's one of the reasons why uh, Ben has become the quickest uh, at getting rid of the football. I think it's the has been struggling more than uh, more than we realize. So,
0: you know what? And I already had my answers, of course, stock up on Minka. Minka is really fantastic. Um, a lot of people calling for Kevin Dotson. Is I mean, are you really going to bench a veteran in the in favor of Kevin Dotson?
1: No, because I think you know, we have to remember DeCastro uh missed several several weeks to the start of the year with, with an injury and, and, and there was no training camp. So that's the luxury of being eight. No, is you, you have, you, you can work guys back into the lineup. So no, I, I think, you know, the cash is a pro bowler. He's one of the best guards in, in the NFL. So I think it's just, he just needs to work himself back into a uh, playing shape perhaps and, and get his rhythm and, and timing and everything
0: back. $5 from Derek Sessions. We put that one up on the board. Thank you, Derek. Steelers D reminds us of Patsy a few years ago when they would give up tons of yards, but tighten up inside the 20. The last thing I'm going to say about the Steelers defense and with everybody else on this team, look, this team's special. You watched the Kansas City Chiefs game yesterday and they they almost blew that game.
1: Well, it appears we have some technical difficulties, so it's just me for now. Brian appears to be down, so let's. Uh, I guess we can take this time to uh, wrap up the first half of this show, of uh, this edition of The Hangover. And if you're listening on any of our podcasting platforms, please download part two. Okay,
0: round two. Name something that's not boring:
1: a laundry? Ooh, a book club.